Do you have an interest in tool-assisted massage? This goes by a bunch of different names, such as instrument-assisted soft tissue mobilization, Graston Technique, Gua Sha, A-STEM, and a bunch of other names. Today, I'm going to go over some of my guidelines for purchasing a tool. Whether it's your first instrument or it's your 12th instrument, there's some really important guidelines that you'll want to keep in mind moving forward. Now, this is going to serve two roles. First, the obvious information on picking your first instrument, but also it is a primer for the YouTube series that we'll be releasing in the near future where I'm going to be reviewing specific tools. If you came for an interview, don't worry. We will be back ASAP. We've got some cool folks lined up, really excited about some of these guests that are coming on, but I don't want to spoil anything. So without further ado, let's kick it. Welcome to the Massage Tools Podcast, your home for cool interviews and reviews. So you're ready to start some kind of instrument-assisted or tool-assisted massage or manual therapy. Whether you call it instrument-assisted soft tissue mobilization, I-STEM or A-STEM or C-STEM, or you call it Graston's Technique or Gua Sha or Scraping Therapy or any of the other names that are out there for, again, using some kind of tool to manipulate soft tissue. Here's some good advice on selecting the right instrument. As an overview, the three things we're going to look at are materials, what it's made out of, the ergonomics, does it fit you and your style, and the third, which sounds like ergonomics but not, it's the shape of the tool itself, and maybe some shapes that are advantageous to your style and what you're going to do with that. So going a little more in-depth, the material, this is in some ways the simplest one, but for clinicians, first two are the ones you probably want to look at and number one is metal metal tools predominant ones on the market are stainless steel or surgical steel but you can find them in aluminum titanium even copper those are going to be the easiest to clean they're going to be the most hygienic for a multi-client type of clinic moving down the list we can look at things like polycarbonate or other scientific names for plastic that a lot of tools come in this material nowadays. So it's pretty easy to clean. They tend to be cheaper than the metal tools, so it's a good option to look at from there. And moving on from that, we get into the more natural materials. So this could be uh, things like wood and bamboo, also the various amounts of stone that are out there, so jade or bien or a couple other stones that are utilized. Now stones, for the most part, I feel, can be cleaned just as easily as the steel or plastic tools. But some of them, like the uh, volcanic rock, it is pretty porous, so you just have to be diligent if you want to choose that. Lastly, though, is the probably most popular in Gua Sha, the traditional Chinese training, and that is water buffalo horn. It feels a lot like plastic. I am not a microbiologist, but I do have some concerns on being able to keep that clean from one client to the next. So recommendation is heavily skewed towards the metal and the plastic tools for use. All of that being said, if it's a tool that you're going to use with one client, or if you're listening to this video and you're buying a tool for yourself, by all means, choose what you like as far as material, whatever might resonate with you personally or whatnot. Uh, again, I'm aiming mostly at clinicians. So hygiene, cleanliness between clients is my priority. But for self-care, you can use just about any material you want. The second big one is ergonomics. 
find something that fits your hand and your style. So if you are like me and have a extra medium hand, you might have to play around with different tool sizes. Some of the ones on the market are imported from China and on average smaller hands. So the tools might be better suited there. So I tend to skew towards some of the larger tools that are available. That being said, if you're a smaller individual and your clientele tends to be larger, let's say you got a gig with the NFL, you might want to find a tool that fits your hands but is larger in size overall to allow, again, for the best ergonomics for your working style and your clientele. The last category is the shape of the tool. Now, this is a little different than ergonomics. Ergonomics is about how you can maintain your biomechanics. Shape of the tool is really what use you might be able to get out of it. And do you need one tool or do you need five tools? And if you look at the overall outline of the tool itself, you've got some things that are the Swiss Army knife, and they have a lot of different curves, and it lets you move pretty seamlessly from uh, working in and around the patella itself and then up onto the quad just by rotating the tool 90 degrees. You also have some tools that are very specific and they might look like a tongue depressor or something like a pen made out of metal that might be more suited for working just on the feet. Again, take your style, your personal take on using an instrument into account when you're looking at shapes and the last part of it is arguably one of the most important and probably the most heavily debated, and that's the bevel or the edge of the tool. If you look at it, some tools have a really aggressive bevel. And I guess I chose that word on purpose because it even feels like it's sharp to the client. I've been on the table with the tool. It may have been that specific one, so a little lapse in quality control, but I mean, it felt like an uncomfortable amount of scraping that was going on. You get other tools that have a really rounded bevel and you are feeling the pressure of the tool working on the tissues, but you're not feeling that agitation of the epidermal layer. So that really comes into play. If you are a gua sha practitioner and you really want to get the patechia drawn up, that sha, if that's your treatment style, then you might want to find a narrower or aggressive bevel. If you're taking it more from the instrument-assisted, uh, the Western mindset, where you are trying to avoid patechia for the most part, you want to find a less aggressive or a broader bevel on the tool. The tricky part with this is if you don't get to see it in person, i.e. you're buying it online, you do need to be careful or check your return policy. But my recommendation is either find a tool that has multiple bevels as well as multiple curves if you're looking for your first one. And there's a lot of them. Some of them are defined as the or described as a shark's fin or a duck's foot or whatnot. They tend to give you a lot of versatility and it's not that much money to get into it initially. Finally, I'm gonna hop on my soapbox for just a moment, and this doesn't apply to anybody who's buying instruments for themselves for self-care. This mostly goes out to my fellow massage therapists. If you are doing instrument-assisted work, do yourself and do the industry some service by going out and buying 
a legitimate looking tool. The improvised ones, the measuring spoons, the lid off of a Posamon can, whatnot, they're fine for learning in school. They're fine for maybe just integrating this into it with you know, uh, some friends doing some trades back and forth. But if you have a client paying you for services, be a professional and use a professional tool. That's my last little bit. Just want to add that in. So in review, we're looking at the three main things. First, the materials doesn't match what's going to fit the clinical setting or is it a self-care tool? The second is, does it fit your ergonomics? Is it going to be good for your hands and your body in the long run? And then finally, its shape. Is it the versatility that you need or the specificity that you need? And what does that bevel look like? Is it too aggressive, not aggressive enough for your treatment style? We hope you folks have enjoyed the episode. Again, this is going to serve as a primer for a series that we are going to be releasing on YouTube. And this is going to be reviewing a lot of different tools. I've gone through probably a dozen myself in various materials, shapes, and sizes. So I want to tell you a little bit about them, pros and cons, hitting those three big talking points of materials, of shape, of ergonomics, and of course, talking in some price points. And if there's any other cool information to tie into it, we'll do that as well. So if you have questions about instruments in general, if you have questions about specific instruments, please leave comments in the... Uh, comment section on our YouTube videos, or if you want to hop over to our social media, we can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Send us some messages there, and we'll do our best to answer those questions for you. With that, folks, we hope you enjoy, and hopefully you're getting some information and or inspiration out of this. Thank you once again for joining us. All right, everyone, that does end the episode. If you're looking for show notes or references, or you're just looking for more content from us, you can visit our website, which is www.massagetoolspodcast.com for all of your Massage Tools podcast needs. Last but not least, we got uh, two things. One's a recommendation. Hit that subscribe button to whichever podcast service you're using so you get our latest episodes. And if you liked it, give us a review. Uh, Help spread the word a little bit, get our podcast out there so we can help inspire and motivate the industry. That's going to end it for us. So good day, good evening, and good night.